All right, Amigos family, we are back to the Amigos podcast, where Amigos means family, with your monthly dose of information and inspiration. We're glad you joined us. We have an awesome episode today. This is the most people we've ever had on the podcast at one time. All of our new hired um, employees who have come from the States to work and live in Nicaragua, we got them all together. We sat them down, we gave them some watermelon and some water, and we started drilling them with questions. And what came out, I'm sure is going to entertain you. No, but in all seriousness, we uh, we got to talk to uh, four people, Brandon, his wife, Anna, Brendan, and Jack. And I think you're going to be inspired by the perspective from them of what it's like to join the Amigos team um, and what that process is actually, what it actually looks like, and then what, what they've been going through and what they've learned and who they've met and all kinds of stuff. So stick around for that. All right, y'all. Let's get to Brandon, Anna, Brendan, and Jack, and Kristen and Danny and I. Um, all of them were there except for Kristen and I and sitting out on Danny's patio so you can hear the cars driving by and everything. So just ignore that. Grab a seat. Just like we're going to circle up together under the rancho. Come hang out with us. You're going to enjoy this. We're back, Amigos family. We've got a whole slew of people here that we would love. We can't wait for you to meet and hear from. Um, And actually today we're going to talk to everybody about what it's like to join the Amigos team. Um, We all love watching the Amigos family grow because what that means is it's another person um, added to the team with, with, you know, specific gifts and talents that they're going to contribute and make something better. And that's how we've always grown. That's how we've uh, gone from two employees to like over 130, I think now. I'm sure we'll get that exact number at some point. But so we get to hear from the people who have recently joined our team, uh, some from the last few months, some from the last few weeks. So we're going to get some good perspective. And actually, they're all sitting together down at Danny's house in Nicaragua right now. So so you guys are all sitting down there together on your patio. It looks like you got some some fresh watermelon, some refrigeros. I, I thought, I think y'all were eating some McFlurries earlier. So looks looks like y'all are in a good spot down there. Who do we got sitting with you? So I would love to do this in a, in a fun, different way. I have some little introductions um, prepared for everyone sitting around the circle with me. So Brandon and Anna, I'm gonna start with you to introduce you. So I'll put on my talk show host voice. Brandon and Anna are amazing people, people. Originally from Georgia, they now find themselves living in Chinandega with the cutest and fluffiest little dog named Herschel. On the other side of the room, we have Jack Herman. Jack Herman never could have imagined that working as an irrigation specialist in high school would now allow him to focus on scaling small farm businesses through organic farming and awesome irrigation systems. Jack, welcome. And last but not least, (laughs) Brendan is quite the world traveler. Going around all of the U.S. by foot, skateboard, car, and airplane, he is now in Nicaragua after coming from Georgia, 
going around the United States, being in Lebanon right before he got here. Amigos finally nailed him down for more than a couple weeks in one place and he will be here with us for six months. So this is the, this is the cast of characters we have for t El Dia de Hoy for today. <laughs> this is great. Well guys, I get to kick us off with the first question. Um, and this, this comes to mind because I think we've all, Danny and Joey and I can all relate probably the, to this a, a good bit. And I remember just, especially in the first year living in Nicaragua, I would come across myself in these moments and just be like, I never expected this to happen, or I am just feeling something and, and you know, going through something that I, I just ne never would have expected. It could have been a high, it could have been a low, it could have been a, a Spanish language mess up, just whatever it was, but um, just things that were kind of unexpected. We thought we'd start there just because you guys are, are pretty fresh joining the team and also pretty fre fresh moving countries. So have you found yourselves in a, in a situation that you just never expected would have happened? Uh, there's two things that come to mind when you ask that question. There's one, uh, it's probably the second or third week down here. I was learning to drive the Kia uh, and it's a stick shift. And I was going through downtown Chinandega with Nick in the passenger seat. I looked over at him and I said, would you have ever thought that me and you would be in downtown Chinandega on a Sunday driving a stick shift straight through this crowd of people? And he's like, nope, but that's just what we're doing now. And then the other thing that comes to mind is um, cold showers. I thought after a month or so of being here that cold showers would feel a little bit more warm, but it is still, <laughs> still surprising. shocking. Every single time I get in the shower, every it's still shocking. Every morning it's just <laughs> as shocking as it was the first day. F fast yeah. forward eight, eight years later, still is a shock every morning. <laughs> but you don't love that? But it's a reminder, it's like, I'm still alive. Let's do this. <laughs> so you have a double sur surreal moment, driving in the car, imagining that you'd ever be here learning how to drive a stick shift, and every morning in the shower, I cannot believe how incredibly cold this is again. <laughs> Jack, were you saying every in the day. car you're with your brother, with Nick? Yeah, he was uh, teaching me how to drive the stick shift. <laughs> so that's got to be extra surreal, just, you know, you and your brother growing up in St. Louis, and here you are both having moved to Chinandega, Nicaragua, learning how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I was like, remember when we were both in St. Clement in grade school together, and now we're both in Chinandega together. I love it. Um, so maybe two weeks ago, um, I went out to a community called El Chaparral with the Alianzas team. And yes, I'm from Georgia, but I did not grow up on a farm. I did not grow up around animals. Um, it is still shocking to me every time I go to a house and there's cows, chickens, dogs, everything in the front yard. So, but of course, like that's people's every day. So I try not to make a big deal about it. It's fine. Well, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to their backyard to go to the latrine and I closed the door and there was a chicken in there with me. It, it was locked in the latrine with me as I was going to the bathroom. So I literally had no escape. And in that moment, I could definitely say that I never thought I would be locked in a latrine with a chicken. Good company. Yeah, you and that chicken great. bonded. Yeah. Did you scream or were you just silent? No, because it's one of those things like, yeah, you don't want to make wanna... a big deal. But also shocking. Yeah. 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 But I, I screamed internally. 
Now, I think Anna and I definitely, we find ourselves saying this all the time where we'll just look at each other because, I mean, we started dating 10 years ago in high school and whether it's, you know, we're, we're in the same hole digging in some rural community in Nicaragua or we're, like Jack said, driving down the road and just dodging the horses and buggies and the tree seat clothes and trying to survive. Uh, anytime anything like that happens, we'll just look at each other and be like, if I'd have told you 10 years ago, high school Anna, that this is where you'd be, would you believe me? And there's just no way. So yeah. it's been cool to see um, how far we've come and where kind of God has led us throughout the... Yeah. Yeah, if you find yourself just completely dependent on what whoever in front of you is telling you. And you might have never met this person in your life, but they're saying, you're asking them, you know, I need, I need something. And they're like, oh, I can, I can get that to you. Hop in the back of my truck and we'll drive over here and we'll go. And you're just, you know, okay, <laughs> let's, I uh, hope that's true. And you hop in and you go. And so far it's worked out. So that, that's why they stopped listening to me after the first day. <laughs> yep. Yep. Danny put me in the car with a, um, a team that only spoke Spanish, which I mean, of course, but I didn't and I got out there in the middle of this community and I realized that if they left me out there I would never get back <laughs> I was like okay my life is in your hands <laughs> having I remember that day so perfectly Anna got in the back of the, the in the in the back of one of our trucks and it was like Adios, bye. <laughs> it was like dropping dropping my first board off at college. I was like, you're going to be fine, I promise. <laughs> Remember, hola, adios. <laughs> yep. Where were you going, Anna? We were in LaDonta. Oh, yep. gosh. But no Spanish, wow. didn't know anyone. It was like oh, one of your man. first days, right? <laughs> yes, I think it was my first day. It was the day. first day. First day. All right, here's another way to ask this question. I'll be real specific. Have you heard any uh, unusual sounds or noises that you're like, what is that? Because I remember, I remember never getting used to the 5.15 a.m., the lady who would walk down the middle of our street, and I don't even know what she was selling, but she had this voice that was like piercing, and it was, you know, like right before the sun came up. What do people sell? I can give an example. Tortillas. Danny, what do people sell? Tortillas. <laughs> Y'all know that sound? <laughs> Y'all know that sound, I'm sure. What? Anybody else heard any unfamiliar sounds that were like, what in the world is that? Or we can go with smells, too. <laughs> I don't know about unfamiliar sounds, but for me, I've definitely encountered that lady, and uh, I've kind of gotten used to it like pretty quickly of, uh, whether it's a wake-up call from her or uh, the the early morning work crews who are just up and at them before in the morning to get the work done um, right down the street or uh, gosh what else is it or maybe it's in the middle of the night and people just thought it was like they're celebrating something we don't know what it is but they're celebrating something and it's fireworks going off at random hours of the night um, it's like I want to be friends with that yeah right it's like shoot <laughs> find a reason to celebrate at 3 13 in the morning but um, it's it's almost like a skill, you know, getting used to sleeping through all that. <laughs> I'm just worried about my 6 a.m. alarm. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. For us, we moved here in November of 2020. And 
as you know, December is quite the month in Nicaragua. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to celebrate. So, like, every night in December, at midnight, it felt like, there were all of these fireworks. And that was just so new to us. Um, But now, every now and then, we hear them, and it's no big deal, because we moved here in December, and it was every night. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely remember, like first getting here and seeing all of the fireworks stands yeah. and stores and being like, how in the world are there this many fireworks stands? Like, there's no way they stay in business. <laughs> and now I just wonder how there aren't more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Brendan, what you said about whoever is, you know, lighting them off in the middle of the night, it reminds me of when we all went to, well, I guess the Brandon, Anna, and I were, went to Cerro Negro at the end of the year last year, and we climbed Cerro Negro right at sunset, came down, had, a, had this big grill out with our whole team as like a way to celebrate the end of the year, and we, we surprised the team with fireworks. And it's in those moments we're like, oh, that's so nice. So then when everyone else's fireworks are going off, you're like, I hope they're just as happy as I was when, I, when it was for me. <laughs> So kind of, kind of, you know, s- switching ideas a little bit. Um, Anna, you'll be our our first up for this one. Thinking, thinking, kind of about like the the soul side of day in and day out, right? Like the fireworks in the middle of the night are, are funny or infuriating, however we we seek to to perceive it. Um, but I would love to to pick your brain a little bit. I know you've spent a lot of time um, in the communities that we partner with over the past few months. You know, in Chaparral, Picota, Ladanta, you've been you've been all around. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about transformation that you've seen, whether it's in people that you have been working alongside of or in different community members that you have met along the way. I'd just love for you to tell us a little bit about transformation that you've seen um, you know, with local groups and, and over these past couple months. Sure, Danny. <laughs> so obviously every day is just, it really is amazing to be a part of this. Um, But I would say that what sticks out to me the most in the past couple of months. um, So I've been working on a couple of different teams within Amigos. I work on the communications team and the alliances team. And the alliances team, their purpose is to welcome groups from the United States and to make them have, you know, an amazing experience here and to see the life transformation that happens here. Um, So... First of all, I've been amazed with them because they've been able to shift their purpose from that to helping these local groups see the same thing. Um, And throughout that, I think that the coolest thing for me has been seeing communities that have worked with Amigos in the past and might have a water system from Amigos or, um, or has worked alongside Amigos to get a water system. Um, them now partnering with these new communities and encouraging them and digging with them and working just as hard on this community's water system that they probably won't even see the benefits of in the future, but they're so excited to help. Um, And I think just years ago, if you had asked these people to go dig for this other community, they probably would have been like, well, why, you know? So I think it's just a perfect picture of how transformed people help to transform other people. That's awesome. Told you you need to prep your answers. Yeah, that was great. I guess. <laughs> I guess. All right, Brandon, we're putting you in the hot seat next. Okay. Um, so I remember when we went through some of the, like, the interview process with you guys and we were looking at like just you know information uh, in the application and 
something that really struck me um, was that you went to West Point and that you had been in the Army and had dedicated your life to service um, of the country. And, um, and then here we find you, you know, wanting to make this big, you know, like a career shift, but still very much dedicated to serving people. Um, I'd love if you could share a little bit of what that journey has been like for you to kind of make that big shift, but also just talking a little bit about what your, your daily work life looks like right now. Like what, how, you know, how's that been for you? I think just from the this, this service aspect, it kind of goes back to what Anna was saying and what we're able to see here with communities that have received, then turning to give. And I think that's something that has helped us a lot in keeping our focus on when we were deciding even that we wanted to come here and kind of make that shift. It was a recognition of all of the blessings that we had received in our own lives and then wanting to for them to flow through us, really and see how we could use the gifts and the opportunities and the training and everything that we had received, you know, in our previous careers and school and all of these different places um, and how we could use those to help others. And so that's been cool in my transition because I I really don't think I could have, you could come up with a sharper (laughs) juxtaposition (laughs) between. Yeah. Between (laughs) the army and what my, you know, my daily calendar schedule looked like. I could tell you where I was going to be at three o'clock in the afternoon, three months from now, (laughs) back then. And now it's kind of like, what am I going to do today? I don't know. We'll show up and figure it out. (laughs) And so that has just really been, it's been a nice transition. While at the same time, being able to draw back on some of the things I learned throughout that experience, uh, especially now, my main focus is with the One Monsana project and the farms that we're partnering with um, over five plus years to help to bring them to profitability, to bring them to self-sustainability and being able to draw back on some of the logistics, um, backwards planning, forward thinking things and apply that to the expertise and experience that all of these farmers already have and really helping Amigos kind of come alongside them and not to teach them anything new, but to fill in some of the gaps and kind of set the conditions for them to be successful and bring that transformation to their communities as well. So it's been cool to find that balance between so much structure and so much just freedom and finding that balance that really allows for not only transformation, but sustained transformation to where we can really see the programs we're putting in place now will be yielding benefits five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. That's awesome. I know that it was perfect timing when you joined our team, just knowing what you're doing and what was needed. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to know after a couple of years here, which do I prefer? My schedule written in stone or just <laughs> the world is it's all mine. <laughs> so Jack, I'm sure as you hear Brandon talking, you can relate to, to some of what he said just about like seeking sustainable ways to, to make life transformation happen five years, you know, hopefully, you know, in a couple of years and five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. I'd love to get into your mind about what you've been working on these, this past almost two months at this point. So out of the Amigos Academy, we've got 210 little kids running around. 
And we also have Jack in the back of the property starting this one Monsanto project at the school. So you have gone from seeing a bunch of grass to making all your little, all your little beds for all your plants, and you'll tell us more about it. And you've also had a really interesting kind of reality where you've been the student of like, I gotta figure all this stuff out. I don't know how this works, so let's figure it out so that I can help teach this. But you've also been a teacher, having Axel with you. Uh, Axel's a volunteer, that it's a full -time, he's a full-time volunteer. So you've kind of been in the student role and the teacher role. Tell us about what your life has looked like, how you felt, the lessons you've learned, anything that comes to mind when you think about your, your piece of the One Monsanto Project. Yeah, that's a, a great question, a large question, but I'll, I'll get into it. So coming down here, I'm not sure, like I knew the premise of what I was going to be doing, but I was obviously didn't know exactly what I was going to do, be doing. Uh, but the first week kind of went out with John and learned the basics of farming, visited his farm and worked with Rigoberto and Lester and uh, John himself to kind of like figure out how we grow these pitayas, these tomatoes, these peppers onions, watermelons, all that. So I kind of got a quick uh, crash course on all those fruits. And then John looked at me on Friday, like new, he's like, so how about you, how do you feel about going out on Monday and starting the farm at the school? I was like, well, that, was, that was quick. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Any time. I was like, sure, let's do it. That is so, classic. Do you, have a, do you have a book or anything you can show me? <laughs> One day training. All right, you ready to go do it yourself? <laughs> yeah, so he was like, I'll be out there with you on Monday, but then probably just let you kind of start figuring it out. I was like, okay, let's do it. So we got out there Monday and had Axel out there with me. And like Danny said, he's a, an, an intern or a volunteer with Amigos. So him and I at that point, my Spanish is very, very novice and he doesn't know any English, so I was like, well, we're going to have to figure this out. Luckily, Oswaldo was out there at the school, and he speaks perfect English, so that kind of got us kick-started the first week and a half or two weeks while I was trying to figure out some Spanish. Um, but I was actually joking with Anna, I think it was Wednesday, I was like, yeah, I can't have many great conversations outside of work, but if you come onto the farm, I can, I can talk to you guys about anything on the farm, because all my verbs are surrounded around farming and everything like that. got a plantar and some bras. But going back to the being the student for a quick few days with John and then becoming the teacher with Axel, um, it's been super neat. And Axel and I have just been kind of learning it together because there are some things where he's planted a bunch of papaya in the past and I hadn't done papaya with John yet. So he was teaching me how to do papaya and the correct way to do it. Uh, but then for the tomatoes, he wasn't out there when John was teaching me the specific way we should create these beds and plant these tomatoes or these peppers. Uh, so it's definitely been a unique and fun challenge to figure out how I'm going to explain this uh, with hand gestures or some broken Spanish or some broken English um, and kind of get the point across the way I'm, I'm trying to think it in my head in English. That's great. That is the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> so uh, another kind of follow-up question. Um, let's flash forward two, two years. And I know the students are already involved in the farm. I know that they've been using some of their kind of like hands-on classroom time to come and see what you guys are doing. Just you, your dream. What's your dream two years from now? Like, What do you want this farm to mean for all those kids out of the academy? I think it's slowly kind of getting there. I was This week, it was just kind of funny. Uh, some of the teachers had brought in some pepper plants to grow next to the students' classrooms. 
Uh, so actually I implanted those and the kids are supposed to observe them over the course of the next school year to see how they grow and what they turn into. And then throughout the week, kids just started bringing random plants. And we're like, what are we, what are we doing with these plants? And so they come out during class time to Axon. And I was like, hey, can we plant this mango tree? And Axon would kind of look at you like, um, <laughs> sure. Jack, can <laughs> you was, tell me about how the mango tree showed up? Yeah, the mango tree showed up as if a kid ripped it out of his the, his backyard that his parents were actually growing. <laughs> it was like a, a, like a decently mature mango tree. It probably been planted for three to four to five months and it looked like the kid really just ripped this out of the ground. It's like, let's go see what we can do at the school. And so then the next day, there's probably five or six kids with some avocado trees and some lime trees that want to come out and plant these trees in the, the farm. So Axe and I quickly were like, well, where are we going to put these trees? Because we don't want to stick them in the middle of the field because in five or 10 years, these are going to be pretty big trees and <laughs> give a lot of shade and we won't be able to grow our tomatoes or peppers or whatever. So uh, we're just kind of rolling with it right now. We, we're going to put them up front. So that's the last thing we're going to touch. But for the, the meantime, these kids can watch their their plants grow that they brought in. And then if eventually we need that space, we can um, move them or find a different home for them. But yeah, it's it's cool because some of the teachers are having the kids come out for like a, a class period and they're gonna help us grow these peppers so that we each get three seeds and we've got the holes already dug for them. They'll put the seeds in and they'll help plant them. So hopefully this farm can be something along the lines of uh, Hey, this could be my future. I, I like doing this. Or some of these kids could think that, um, or like, this is awesome. I know mom and dad do this at our home, but I would like to do what Jack and Axe are doing with, uh, with my own land in a big farm. So I hope in five, 10, 15 years, whatever the timeline be, is that we can inspire some kids to want to grow their own food for their family and then even take it to the market or uh, be hooked up with Amigos as a buyer and just kind of inspire them to pick up kind of what the country they live in is known for is the, the great farming and the great soil. That's awesome. Wow. Joey and Kristen, thinking about your guys, each of your guys' little kids running around, can you imagine if they like ripped up a shrub from the front yard and brought it to school? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> It makes me so happy. I love the, I love it. It's like a five month mango tree. It's like that thing was, it was there. The roots were in. <laughs> I was thinking like how cool it would be for my son to be able to go out and watch Jack grow this farm and, and learn. I mean, those kids are getting some really, really good stuff. Um, and the purpose of all that is one day or maybe now, I don't know where you're at with this, but to, provide food for the cafeteria right i mean this one monsana at some point will be providing a, a big source of produce and vegetables and all that for the cafeteria am i right yeah yeah that's yeah. definitely uh, that's the dream and joey that's like cool. you said it's gonna parts of it are gonna start happening sooner rather than later oh yeah and now that we've got a mango goes. tree, we're going to have mango smoothies galore. <laughs> there will be more mangoes than uh, than you could ever want in May. That's for sure. Um, all right, Brendan, I got a question for you. So you're like, you're in my perspective, in my mind, you're like a world traveler, right? So from what I've heard from you and in and, and, and the application process for the little stuff that I was able to pick up on, 
you travel all over the United States. You were in Denver or Colorado, rather. And then you went to Lebanon. And the way it was described to me, it was like, yeah. And then after Lebanon, he's going to just come to Nicaragua. And I thought, well, what on earth did we do to make him decide to want to come to Nicaragua for six months? So from your perspective, what, Danny? Let me me quickly share what Brendan said said to us when we were prepping for his move. So, Please. you know, we always get on these calls and just look at all the logistics and so we're like, all right, Brendan, so you're going to Lebanon, you're going to be there for what, three, two weeks? It was, uh, it was a month. So it was a month. Weeks, yeah. um, and we're like, so, you know, you got to get settled back into Georgia, how much time do you need? He goes, I mean, honestly, I'll probably need a day and a half to wash all my clothes. So I think, I think 48 hour turnarounds enough. We're like, we love you. <laughs> And then sure enough, yeah. you fly back from Lebanon, we talk there, he's like, yep, clothes are ready, so you guys didn't see you guys in a day and a half. Yeah, that definitely that's uh definitely what we like to hear on the amigos and that definitely sealed the deal. But um yeah, from your perspective, I mean setting up for six months is no small commitment, you know, and you're an incredibly talented videographer and photographer and you could use your skills probably pretty much anywhere, um, and make good money doing that and so I'm curious if you could share with us and the Amigos family, why why Nicaragua? What what captured you to be able to say, I want to spend the next six months in Nicaragua? Man, the, good question. So the, the short form answer, I'll give you both. The short form really is that everything that's happened in my life so far, it was like God was just like, hey, I'm going to make it pretty clear. You're going to Nicaragua. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to argue. Like, that sounds tropical. <laughs> but, um, but no, really, it's, it's uh, I came here with my church um, the first, for my first time back in 2017 with uh, St. Gabriel's at Fayetteville, Georgia. And um, really, the week I spent here just opened my eyes to, um, like, how beautiful it is to serve and to just be with people and to just really, really like people relationships. And, you know, you get thinking about things, you know, you those like late nights on a nice patio like this. We're on Danny's back porch right now for a contest. <laughs> and it's, it's incredible. You know, the fans going, but, and you start thinking, you're like, really? Like, there's a hundred different ways, a thousand different ways you can go in life. Cause at this point in 2017, I'm like midway through college trying to figure out what's next. Um, you know, there are open doors and, uh, but really like, what's the most important thing? Like when you look back at the end of the day, like what's going to matter. And it's, it's like, it's the people, um, it's the love that you were able to give to other people. Um, the relationships that you were able to, to build, um, and the way that, yeah, you just really made Christ more visible. Um, in life and so yeah my first time down here I was like these people have that figured out like like life's good in the United States but like there's something special about Nicaragua there's something special about Amigos you come to Nicaragua and you sit down in uh, a house in a community with a family that doesn't really have much um, but what they do have is so much greater than like something you could buy or something you could have a luxury back in the States. And that's just, just love and, and to sit there with the family and 
they're you know offering you some gallo pinto and they just like you can't really talk with them too much because you've never really spoken spanish before (laughs) (laughs) but like there's something there and they just want to give you what they have and they just they're so full of joy to be with you for you to be there um to share with you um and so i mean once really the first time i came down here um, I just fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the, the spirit of Amigos and the mission really there um, to just make Christ more visible through serving, through loving one another. Um, and that really like people over everything else, like it's all about the people. And so, um, yeah, I could be maybe making money in the States or who knows where, but um, it's good to be here. It's awesome, man. I think all of us share that same sentiment in some form or factor of like, there's something special about the way that you give and receive love um, in the way that we do it in Nicaragua. And it's not necessarily better, like like you're explaining, it's not better than anywhere else. Um, It's just there's something unique about it. And everybody who's listening knows what, what that is. You know, there's an experience that you when you strip everything away and all you can do is have a simplest human interaction. You realize all the things you have in common. There's something really life transforming about that. So thanks for sharing that. So <clears throat> this is kind of a, whoever wants to jump in there on this next one. Over, over the years, we've, we've thought a lot, talked a lot about what's the best way for people to be received to life in Nicaragua. And I remember specifically each of my conversations with you guys about this and about the opportunity to live with a live with a family right when you get here literally flying to managua drive to chinandega and bloop, you get dropped off with the family and live with them for for a while it can be a month it can be longer i'd love to hear from you guys about that experience totally open-ended but just when you think about your homestay families and you guys have the unique opportunity here to all speak about different families because you've stayed with or you're staying with um, different families in the in the neighborhood that Amigos is in. I'd love to hear from you guys. What did living with the homestay feel like? What did it look like? What did you learn? Um, just kind of whatever comes to mind when we think about that question. Well, I'm still right in the middle of it. Um, I'm, I'm living with my homestay right now and I absolutely love it. Honestly, they're going to have a hard time getting rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it really is like just... I feel since day one, night one, I think, I uh, came in pretty late, got dropped off there, and then uh, Morgan introduced me to the family, because I was actually, I'm at the home, same homestay that um, she first stayed with when she moved here, so we're, we're both kind of adopted kids, but um, yeah, she dropped me off, introduced me, gave me a little rundown of everybody's names, and that was it, and I was an English speaker in my new Spanish home. <laughs> and, and I mean, man, since that night, like, it's just been awesome. I mean, it really feels like uh, I love these people and they treat me like I was born and raised there. Um, you know, so I guess like a typical day looks like, you know, I have my own room. Um, and so I wake up in the morning to the, the, uh, the tortilla lady in the street yeah. <laughs> and uh then yeah just getting ready to go in the morning and it's a lot of fun because it's a it's a big family and two of the people living there work at amigos so it's like who's gonna be up in it to work first that morning? <laughs> um but yeah it's it's real special in, 
we come home at the end of the day and uh, everyone sits around and um, they are super patient helping me with my Spanish. Um, they've been teaching me a ton. Um, and then, you know, I might get to sprinkle in some English words here and there, teach them. They've got uh, three little kids who are in uh, primary school right now. Well, the youngest, she's two. She's not in school, but she's going to be a genius someday. Um, but yeah, I mean, living with them is just, they they always want to know how I'm doing. They're like there to repeat themselves a hundred times to me until I can get every word translated in the sentence. And uh, just, yeah, I don't know. It's It's like... If you could see Brendan right now, he's I'm literally making like an a, air hog. It's just an air hug. It's, it's a feeling. But it's great. No, I think it's the best way to hop into the Nicaraguan experience. I think it's been um, really helpful in terms of everything else, just understanding the culture more and just like getting to, especially with language learning, especially having like people so close that I can be really confident and just sounding dumb <laughs> as I try to learn a foreign language. And uh, yeah, I think I couldn't have handpicked out a better way to be welcomed uh, to Nicaragua. Yeah. So for us, um, we were a little different because I was Danny's problem child. Um, <laughs> so whereas Brendan's like, yeah, give me 48 hours. I'm like, Danny, I need you to walk through the grocery store and tell me what foods I need to be eating that I'm going to miss. <laughs> like, you literally did that, I think, for me. Um, so I don't know. I just, I'm a planner. And so like before we were moving down, I had built up all these things in my head. I was like, oh, the cultural cultural differences are going to be so big. I think I'm just going to want my own house so I can like have my space. Like Brandon and I were already married at the time. We have a dog. I was like, I, I don't know about this homestay thing. Um, but, you know, Danny, wise Danny was like, Anna, just try it. So... <laughs> Just like everyone else. I didn't else. say it as nice as that, but I'm glad. <laughs> thank you for thank you for remembering kind words. I said, "You guys are gonna do this when you get here." Okay, you know, well, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> but yeah, let's remember it as Anna. Just try it out. Yeah, I like that version way better. <laughs> so yeah, just like everyone else, we got dropped off at our house, and they were like, "Bye." Um, and in that moment, though, like. Okay, maybe, maybe a few moments later. Maybe not in that moment, but like the next day, it just hit me. I was like, I don't know why I was so worried. Like, of course, we're so different and we've come from completely different backgrounds. We grew up differently. We speak a different language, but like watching their kids, they had three kids. Like the oldest, the, the oldest kid would like take something from the youngest one and she would start crying and then they would like go and tell their mom. And I was like, they're just people. Like that's exactly what me and my sister did when we were growing up. And it just made it so real. I was like, I don't know why I was so scared or so worried. Um, it was just really beautiful. And as far as the whole experience goes, like, like Brendan said, like they, they just take you in and they, they welcome you, they feed you, they, um, they show you where to go. They show you how to get a taxi. Like we, we knew nothing when we got here. Um, so it, it was the best experience and we still, you know, have a relationship with them. Um, we go see their kids. We need to go see them again soon. Um, but we, we love them. We feel like they're a part of our family here. So That's great. Glad you tried it out. I know. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Sorry, I was difficult. <laughs> I'll just send, I'll send the future, the future question. <laughs> talk I'm like, to just me. go talk to Anna. <laughs> Jack, um, 
Danny was telling us a little bit about those dogs that you uh, <laughs> that your homestay <laughs> has been with. Can you tell us about them? Oh yeah, they were adorable. So when I moved in, they were two month old huskies, two husky puppies, two Aww. husky puppies. So little and just trying to get into everything, but they're so adorable. But they they loved my room because before. I moved in, I think that was just kind of their room to hang out in. And Cassandra, the my host mom, was like, I hope you don't mind, like, the dogs like to lay in your room. I was like, oh, that's totally I fine. I hope you don't mind, but the and dog's going to sleep in your bed every night. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's, Jack's, like, trying to find a cold corner, and the dogs are just sprawled out. <laughs> that wasn't the case, but that'd be funny if it was. Uh, but no, they were adorable. And I, uh, they live, man, Wallace family, Cassandra, they live right right outside of Vegas, basically like a block away on the corner. And so every time I walk by them, I just look at like, uh, their names were Mango and Fresa. Literally um, stra- strawberry and mango. <laughs> strawberry and mango. And so I get to see them like at almost every day and they're getting so big. And it's gonna be awesome when they're, they're full-sized Huskies and living in Chinandega. I'm sure that's not their first place they would want to be, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a little bit too warm for them, but now it's, it's gonna be cool to be able to see them I uh, grow up and get. I uh, hope they remember me as I walk by, so they don't bark at me or protect the house from me. They just don't welcome me back in. So thinking what? about thinking about those homestays, and you know, I made the joke, and it's not a joke because it's the reality. But like first day, dropped off at the homestay. So I would love for you guys to to try to journey back to the day before or the week before you guys moved here, and if you can think, if I could go back and tell myself one thing. What would I go back and tell myself a day before or a week before I moved to Nicaragua? And if it's more than one thing, it's more than one thing, but what'd you guys tell yourselves? Well, I went to Target the week before and bought like two years worth of shampoo. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is the beauty of we, we, we learn as we go. I told Jack and Brendan, oh, don't worry about any like personal cosmetic stuff or toiletries. You can buy all that stuff here. Because <laughs> Anna brought 50 pounds of shampoo. We, we checked the whole extra bag for Anna's cosmetics. cosmetics. <laughs> oh and I did the same thing. I did the same exact thing. You just have no idea. Like, you just really don't. Um, but on a serious note, I would just, kind of like I already said, I would tell myself to just chill out <laughs> and just remember that there the people here are just people just like me we're gonna have so much more in common than what i think and it's gonna be okay yeah i think i would tell myself just go with the flow don't worry about it and yeah that, that was kind of my mindset trying to go into it but knowing myself i, I was always just like laying awake the few nights before my flight like i just want to get there i hate this anxiety of knowing that I leave in two days or whatever and just to get down there and not worried about not being able to speak Spanish directly with the family and just kind of looking at each other when you first meet each other and just it's kind of awkward because I only know four words of Spanish and they don't really know much English it's like no matter how much you can prepare for that it's not going to matter just go down there and just live in the moment and go with the flow. Mm Yeah, I think kind of similar on the the communication side. I think the weeks leading up, I was really worried about the Spanish aspect and trying to like 
get all the grammar right and you know wanting to just type everything into Google Translate and throw it out there and then realizing a few days in that I was going to be relying a whole lot more on one word acting out point just kind of stare at each other until one of us <laughs> figures it out um, so I think that's the probably what I would tell myself is just be, be ready to communicate. Don't worry so much about speaking Spanish. Just get ready to communicate because like Anna said, um, there are people just like you and you're going to be able to get past these barriers and you'll be, you'll surprise yourself at the creative ways yeah. that you'll be able to get around those the facial things. expression goes a long way. <laughs> All right. Here's a, uh, here's a question that we can sort of wrap up with and end with. Um, there's a lot of people listening to this who uh, have either been down to Nicaragua um, or they've sent someone on a trip and they just love hearing about, you know, the, con- the, the continued work that we do and the life transformation that happens. And you guys have all been through something very similar where you're put in a circumstance where... You don't know a whole lot. You know, of course, we try to prep you and give you as much information as we can. It's not like Amigos is purposefully leaving gray areas so that you have to grow or anything. There's just so much that of growth. And, and if so, if so, my bad. And I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's there's so many things that you just have to learn from experiencing them. And, and that's what you guys are all describing of what that's been like. Um, and I know that there are people listening who are going through similar transitions in their lives. Um, I myself go am going through transitions right now, and it's like stepping into something where I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know um, why maybe the Lord has you know given us a desire to do this or that, and there's just a little bit of gray area, and it requires faith, and it requires courage. And you guys have all been through quite a lot, you know, we... We, we joke and we laugh and we, we've also talked about some real life transform, transforming moments, but y'all have been through a lot. It's no easy feat to, to, to move or to come for, you know, six months, Brendan, or for two years or whatever you guys are there for. It's, it's no easy feat. And so I'd love for you guys to share with the Amigos family of someone who may be looking at a similar scenario, maybe not moving to Nicaragua, but faced with uncertainty, faced with a big step. What would you tell them? What have you learned about yourself and through this experience? What has the Lord taught you that you might want to pass on um, and encourage somebody with? Because I know people listening um, fall into that category and would love to hear from your perspective on that. I think the biggest thing for us, um, looking forward to a transition and then going through it, um, especially changing with so many things changing, where you live, how you live, um, your job, you know, everything is going to change in a moment. And it's really, you know, something that's looked at as this, this leap of faith and what it means to live by faith. And I think for a lot of the time in our lives before, we would say we were living by faith. And I, and I think we were. But at the same time, I think we can all see um, the difference in kind of walking along a tightrope with a net underneath you. And then once that net's taken away, once your securities are taken away and you truly are stepping out and saying, okay, God, I I think you're calling me here and I'm going to go. Learning to live without 
our own sense of security and recognizing that it is God that's in control and he is our provider and our protector and that we can have faith in him and then acting in that faith has been the biggest step for us um, to where really letting go of a lot of the things that we try to control, that we try to plan and just trusting um, our life to God and following where he's going to lead us to go. I love that. I love that you said he is good and he is our provider and we can trust him because when you're faced with something that's hard, it's in those moments where you actually say, do I believe what I say? I believe, can I trust God? I think that's a really uh, reasonable thing to ask. Can I trust you, God? And yeah, I can, we can, we can lean into him and he is there for us. So, so thanks for Something that, that comes to mind for me and I know I'm not <clears throat> necessarily in the same boat, but it's a really neat experience to be able to to kind of walk this journey with with you guys with everybody and what I love is that the the feeling and the reminder of like you're not alone. You know, I think about what before I moved here it's like Joey and Kristen, you guys reminded me of like hey Danny, you're coming in, you're going to be a part of this and, and you're not alone. And you know, it's like I looked at you guys and said the same thing and and Brandon it's like you guys are coming here, there's a big family waiting for you, you're not alone. You guys talked to Jack before he moved here. It's like, Jack, you're not alone. Jack to Brendan, Brendan, you're not alone. You know, it's like this idea of like, we really are all in this together. And that that's not just a Nicaragua thing. That's not just an Amigos thing. It's like, whatever transition you're going through, whatever place you're about to step into, it's like, there's somebody on the other side waiting for you. And there's somebody there to remind you, it's like, what you're doing is great. It's like, you can be courageous. Like, I'm proud of you. Let's do this. And so I just think it's a good reminder. And it's something that keeps me going a lot and I'm sure for you guys it's like you know the same kind of feeling as well so that'd be my that'd be my thought to the world I would say um, I've got two things the first one is take it day by day there's a ton of things that we all have to get done uh, me for like the farm it's like yeah there's a lot of things that I need to do within the next it needs to be done in the next week but it probably won't get done for the next few weeks or whatever it is but just take it day by day uh, do what you can in that data to start crossing off some things. And then when you look back at the end of the month, you're going to see that, oh, yeah, we did make progress, even though it might not feel like it. If you just take everything day by day, it's slowly going to get done. And then the other thing I was going to say is that it's always going to be okay. It's always going to work itself out. And if you look at the, the grand scheme of things, it's like, is this frustrating situation that I'm staring at right now? Is this really going to matter? in 10 years, is this gonna ruin ruin my life? And it's like, no. It's like, I know we've all had moments where it's been frustrating, it's been hard, but you give it 24 hours, you give it 48 hours, you look back on it, everything's, you're still breathing, you still have a house to live in, you still have food to eat, water to drink, it's all gonna be okay. Um, I think for me that this whole experience has just shown me that I'm not in control of my life um, and I've had to rely on the Lord for so much for, for confidence, for, for reassurance that this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and it's also just shown me that I'm capable of a lot more than I gave myself credit for when I lived in the States. And I've only been here a few months, so check back in in a few months and who knows. But so far, like I came down here to help people, but I feel like honestly, like I'm the one that's been transformed more which is really cool. Well, y'all, it's uh, the reason we had you here is because you're inspiring to us. 
and I know that you're inspiring to the Amigos family. Um, as I said, it's no easy task to move to Nicaragua or anything like that, but um, the we've done that, and we know, you know, how hard it can be, and also how rewarding it can be, and how you walk away, Anna, like you said. I feel like I'm most transformed from this. The, the time that I spent in Nicaragua completely, absolutely 100% completely transformed who I was. And it changed me in a way to where not only was I different and my perspective was different forever, but I, it, it transformed me in a way that I won't ever go back to who I was before. And it's not saying that I was necessarily a, a terrible person before, but the, the things that we experienced from helping somebody get clean water for the first time or a bathroom or helping a kid go to school or helping a family really earn money and break a cycle that's been happening for generations. Like those things transform us in a way that will never be the same. And I'm really glad that you guys are all there and that you're getting to experience this firsthand. And thank you for being here with us and joining us on the podcast. I know that everybody listening is encouraged and inspired too. And, um, yeah, we're really grateful that you guys took time to come and talk to us. So thank you very much. So from to Anna, Brandon, Brendan, and Jack, I love you guys. In good Nicaragua fashion, we should probably finish with a nice applause. <laughs> <laughs>